Welcome to NBC Weekly. I'm Scott Prieros. With me today is Jacob Urish. Hello, hello. Uh, it's just going to be us two today. we got a couple people out, so uh, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> uh, so, first, we're going to start off talking about men's basketball. It's been a long break, so we got a lot to cover. Uh, starting off with Illinois State, they're 3-4 and four up to this point, uh, which puts them at fifth place in the NBC uh, as we head into conference play on Wednesday. Um, up to this point, Illinois State, compared to last year, is scoring a lot more. They're up to 83.3 points per game, which is great, leading the NBC. However, they're also allowing 86 points per game, which is just ridiculous. That I, That's unfathomable to me, and that's putting them in uh, last in the NBC in points allowed. So that puts them at 3-4 and four up to this point, and I just the defense has to be better. So the one thing that I think is really interesting about that is uh, I believe maybe in their second or it was their first home game, uh, they in the post game uh, Jake talked about rim protection and their rim protection has been better this year. I think they've averaged they're averaging like I think twelve no they're averaging six blocks per game which leads the conference so far. Uh, that's three more blocks than last year. Uh, main reason for that is Cy Chapman. Uh, he only played in five games last year, so you think the defense would be better because the rim protection is there. So I, I don't know if it's rotations. I, I really, I'm not positive on that, but they, they have the rim protection now. Um, but like you said, uh, to touch on the scoring, yeah, Antonio Reeves leads the team with 20 right now, uh, 20 points per game. Cy Chapman is, um, is that almost averaging a double-double. I think he's averaging, what? Uh, 17 and 8. Yeah, 17 and 8, yeah. And then even Mark Freeman's come on of late. He had, what, 34 points against uh, Bucknell State? Huge. So they're scoring, like you said. It's there. It's just the defense has not been there at all. I think their their margin is minus, what, 2? It's like 2.7, which is second worst. So, yeah, it, it's really, it really just comes down to the defense. Because, like, their efficiency isn't even that bad. They're shooting 44% from the field. That's about where you want to be. You like that upper 40s. 38%. 38% from three, that that's for as a team, that's good. That's pretty solid. You'll yeah. take that any day. I mean, I have my theories about what's up with the defense. I think the stats might look a little weird, but I think one of the big things is ICU is currently averaging over 14 turnovers a game. Fast break points are coming easy and often for these other teams, and any time that you're turning the ball over 14 times a game, you're going to allow a lot of points. And I, That's one of my theories. I mean... Freeman's had that problem, but I don't want to hit on him too hard because he's having a great season, mm-hmm. honestly, up to this point. But the turnovers need to go down. I mean, even so, though, because the other teams have 90 turnovers, so they're forcing 90, but they have 101. So it would average or out up to be about 14.5 turnovers a game. They're also only averaging 11 assists, which I know that's in the lower half of the conference. It, it's just... That was one thing I was noticing. I was going through the stats, and... That assist-to-turnover ratio is not... 26 is the most anybody has for assists. And free, that's Freeman. He's played seven games. So that would that it's would like, not even be four assists a game. Yeah. It's like so, games, yeah. I... Uh, or that was turnovers, actually, but he also has the same amount of assists. So he yeah. has the same amount of assist-to-turnovers, one-to-one ratio. Uh, but, I mean... I don't. And I was watching the um, St. Louis game. That's what I wanted in Cancun, and the commentator said it, and I agree with them 100. percent I don't think this team's last in the MVC. I do not think they're the worst team in the MVC. I would agree. I think their scoring is going to win them games. Obviously, their defense needs to step up, but 
if they continue to score, I realize it's only seven games in the year. You can't overreact. Mm-hmm. But if they continue to score at this high of a rate, if you're averaging over 70 by the end of the season, you're going to win a lot of games. So I don't think they're last place in the NBC. I know that they were picked to be down there, and I know we agreed that they are going to be in the lower echelon, which they might be. But I think this offense could definitely get them into that middle echelon of the conference. I think that's probably their that's that's their ceiling for yeah. sure. It's probably, what, six, six, five, five or six maybe? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. All right, so I think we're good on Illinois State. Um, I'd like to move on to Loyola Chicago now. Loyola Chicago currently sits at 5-2. and two. Uh, That puts them first place in the NBC. They're predicted to finish second, Drake first. Um, Loyola is almost scoring as much as ISU, about seven points less at 79.3. However, they are allowing 26 less points per game. Loyola's defense last year was incredible, and we talked about this, this new coach that came in. We knew that he had the defensive philosophy. We knew that they were going to continue to be great defensively. But when you're also scoring almost 80 points a game, that's it's incredible. That, that's really all there has to be said. Is I, The defense is clearly, like, I'm not going to say propelling them, but, I mean, I want. I shouldn't even say that because honestly, like their efficiency has been crazy as well. They're shooting fifty percent from the field and forty-two point two percent from three. So they're first in both of those categories. They lead the MVC in assists, so they're getting great ball movement. Uh, they have. They're getting eighteen point six assists per game. Uh, their scoring really is up and down the sheet. Uh, we noted before we even started. I think uh, Ryan uh, Schweiger is leading the team uh, with almost uh, with eleven points per game. He hasn't even. He, he's coming off the bench. So, I mean, it just shows you that that team really isn't worried about having one scorer. They, they know they can get it from up and down the bench. So, I was talking about the turnovers when it came to ISU, and you look at Loyola, they're just a much more disciplined team, it seems like. I mean, 12 turnovers in college basketball isn't that bad. I mean, like I said, ISU's averaging just over 14, I think is what it would come out to. But the big thing is that they're forcing 16 turnovers a game. They have a plus 4.1 turnover per game margin. Uh, their assisted turnover ratio is 1.6. I believe I had ISUs up here. Um, had to be minus. It was 0. 0.8. 0. So 8, okay. they get more turnovers than assists up to yeah. this point in the season. So when you have a team that that's, that's that disciplined, and they're also obviously very experienced. I mean, they have a couple of grad students, Tate Hall, who leads the team in rebounds. Lucas Williamson was on the team last year. He's at 10.7 points per game, which is second. Uh, senior off the bench, Ryan Schweiger. Uh, he's averaging 11.3 points per game, which leads the team. They have a ton of experience on this team, and when you have that much experience, that's when you get this discipline that they're showing throughout this point of the season. Yeah, uh, one, th- one thing that I'll s- uh, one last thing that I'll say is... Uh, that they're fourth in rebounding, but uh, like you said, they're leading rebounders on average six rebounds per game. So they don't have anyone that's really commanding the boards. They're just doing it as a team. So I, I what the feel that I get from this team is they're just they're they're literally a team. That it, they're the ultimate like they are the standard in this conference for what a team should play like. Um, with their defense, like I, I was looking, they average two. Plo- uh, they only average uh, two blocks per game, so they're not even getting that rim protection. They're just, they're just pesky. Yeah, uh, I think this was two weeks ago. I might have said this, maybe three weeks ago. I made a point that the big thing in this conference this year, especially, is going to be who can step up. Like one player is not going to be able to dominate every single game. And with ISU, we had Reeves is, is averaging over twenty one points a game. I mean, Chapman's had a couple good games, but Loyola Chicago, like we said. Off the bench, 11.3 leads the team. 
and they're averaging 80 points a game. So it's clear their scoring is all the way around the team. And when you have that, you're going to win a lot of games. I mean, I I had a feeling Loyola Chicago was going to be just as good as they were last year, and I think they're definitely going to be a team to watch out for. I think they're going to be my favorite to win this conference in the end. Did we note, though, that they are leaving? I don't think we know. Yeah, they're Maybe they're trying to get a good farewell here before they leave yeah. uh, to the Atlantic 10 here next year, but uh, maybe get one last conference title before they uh, say farewell. Um, and I do want to just point out, they are 5-2 and two at this point. Uh, their win, one of their wins was uh, in a tournament. It was called the Bad Boy Mowers Battle for Atlantis. And they, uh, oh, I got, which one was it? It was Arizona State is the one that really caught my eye. They beat Arizona State by 18. And that's just, they continue to shoot at such a high percentage. They're getting 24 bench points there. Uh... At a couple, 43 bench points, 30 bench points. It's incredible. This this is going to be the team to beat, in my opinion. I could be wrong, but I think they need you need to look out for them. I would agree. So I think uh, we can move on now. Uh, we can touch on Drake here. Drake was the preseason favorite. Uh, at this point, they are 3-3, three and three, placing them at third place in the conference behind Loyola at first, obviously, and uh, Missouri State. So they are averaging 75.5 points per game, another extremely high-scoring team up to this point in the season. And they're only allowing 65.3, five more than Loyola Chicago, but 65.3 points per game is not bad at all. Once again, it's 23 less or 20 less than what ISU is allowing. Um, up to this point, uh, they have Tremel Murphy is their leading scorer at 13.7 points per game, and they have uh, Roman Penn, who's one of our players to look out for at the beginning of the season. He's averaging 10.7, along with freshman Tucker DeVries. I've noticed in every single game he seems to be doing a lot for this team. Uh Drake just all around has looked pretty solid. They have had a couple tough losses, and I still think they're going to compete with Loyola, but uh, they're going to be a hard team to beat this year. Yeah, I would definitely agree. It's just right now, uh, like you said, they're going through it. They've lost uh, three straight, and it, they started out the year great. They won their first three, but, yeah, they've dropped their last three, to put them at three and three. Uh, you mentioned Tremel Murphy averaging 13, Roman Penn, and uh, DeVries, they, they're both averaging 10. So uh, they're scoring, uh, again, I think they've got, what, a few others uh, that are almost in double digits. I think they have one or two others almost in double digits, but, like, that's another team that their scoring's fairly even up and down. Um, their field goal percentage is good at 47.1, probably maybe a little bit higher. Their three-point uh, three shooting, like, they're right up there with Loyola. They're shooting 40% from three. That's that's exactly what you want. Um, seven and assists, you for them, you definitely want that to be a little bit higher, probably middle of the pack or higher. They're first in steals though, so they're they're clearly creating havoc. They're getting those, they're creating those turnovers. Um, fifth in block shots uh, again. That, that's it's better than being tenth or so. Uh, seventh in rebounding again. Probably want to be a little bit higher, especially since they were picked first. Um, it's nothing to worry about yet because still early in the season. Um, but, yeah, you still just look out for them. Yeah, so their three losses, they went to the ESPN Events Invitational. They took a five-point loss to Belmont, a nine-point loss to Alabama, and then they took a three-point loss to North Texas. So they're not losing by a lot. They started off 3-0, and um, and then these last three games they've lost by a combined, what, 17 points, I think that is? Yeah, 17 points. So they're keeping these games close, which is going to be big for them, especially when we talk about their defense. But... I think one thing you should know, you talked about their steals. Them and Loyola are very different defensive teams. I think 
Drake is a much more aggressive team, while Loyola just is disciplined. They know how to rotate. They know how to do help defense. They know how to close out on shots, which is forcing these teams to miss. I think Drake is a lot more aggressive, and it's putting a lot of pressure on these teams, which is why they're not scoring quite as much. Um, Drake will be definitely a team to look out for. Um, like we said, they have lost three in a row, but I think they're going to turn around soon. Most teams are starting conference play here on Wednesday. Uh, I believe I had Drake up here, but yeah, like I said, they uh, will start conference play, so we'll see what they can do in the MVC this year. So now we can go ahead and we can talk about Evansville, who was predicted to finish, was it? Uh, I think uh, we're doing uh, Missouri State. You want to do Missouri? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, Missouri State, yeah. Missouri State, I think, was finished third is what they were predicted, right? Or was it fourth? I believe it's third or fourth, yeah. So they're four and two right now. Um, they had a lot of these teams had invitationals over Thanksgiving break, so they had an invitational here, two and one over that stretch. Uh, put them at four and two right now. Missouri State, uh, they're pretty darn good. We had a couple players to look out for: Gage Prim and Isaiah Mosley here. Um, Gage Prim is averaging a double double. We I believe, right? Is what yeah, said. he's averaging uh, almost 19 points and uh, 10 rebounds, and he's shooting 60. percent like, Which, that is, that's amazing. And then you have Isaiah Mosley, like we said, pointing out he leads the team in points at 19.3. I think we said he was, he's up there in rebounding, and then he has, uh, he eight assists as well. Prim leads the team in assists with, or no, DeMarcus Sharp leads the team in assists at 24, and then Prim is second there. So those two guys are going to be big to look out for. When you have two star players who can work off each other and score the way that they do, they're going to be a hard team to beat. It really does. Like, I, when we did our uh, preseason podcast, I I mean, it really just seems like this is a two-headed monster. Like, I'm not, that's no slide on other players. It's just those two just stand out when you look, just watching and just at the box score. They're, they're putting up their numbers. Uh, I also, one thing I want to note is, like, it seems like every game there is just another – Dude, whether that be on the bench, that just fills in that extra scoring. There's no one consistently, but someone, it seems like, steps up. Because uh, if you have uh, Jalen Minnett, who's averaging almost 14 uh, points off the bench in four games, so I think he's missed two games. He's shooting 60% as well. So they're just really efficient right now. I believe, yeah, they're second in field goal percentage at 49.3 and uh, three-point percentage at 39.7. So, again, just really efficient. Um they have two others uh, who are almost in double digits. So they're they're scoring in in like in bunches. They're second in scoring, only two ISU. Um, and another thing that uh, like uh, ISU, the problem is they're six in points allowed at sixty eight point five, but again they're scoring eighty one point five, which is a thirteen point difference. So they're fine in that department because it's not like ISU where it's negative. I I just. The more I look at this ISU, the points per game, it just blows my mind compared to a lot of these other teams. I mean, UNI is at 73 allowed, which I think is the next highest allowed. And it's just, when you have teams that can play defense at this level, you're like I said, you're going to win a lot of games. I think that's the difference between a lot of these other teams in the NBC compared to ISU. ISU's offense is going to win their games, but like Loyola, their defense is going to win their games. Drake, their defense might win them a couple of games. Their offense might win a couple of games. And I think that's the same with Missouri State. I... And then another thing I wanted to point out, only five players have played in all six games for Missouri State. Only five players. So my guess is they're giving people breaks. Uh, maybe there was a couple games that they thought they had in the bag and they might have just given a guy a rest or something like that. But uh, they're definitely a well-rounded team. And I think I think that's the case with a lot of these teams in the MVC. And I, I think Reeves and Chapman are going to be 
big, and Mark Freeman's really coming on too for ISU, so I think those will be their big three there. But a lot of these other teams are just a lot more spread out, even. And I think, just I want to touch on this, ISU's bench points is something I want to bring up. I know this is kind of just out of the blue, but I was looking at a lot of the other teams I brought up Loyal averaging 30, or had 34 a couple. So in the games I have, so Missouri, Murray State, they had 15. King er, Against Bucknell, they had 17. King or er, St. Louis, they had 18. Uh, Buffalo, they had 8. And Purdue Northwest, they had 26, but they were up by a lot, so the bench came in and they scored a lot. I think ISU needs to get more production off the bench. And I just, if they get that production, they're going to win a lot more games. Because I've noticed Reeves doesn't get a whole lot of break because they need that scoring on the court. So that's going to be a big part of this team this year. Uh, so I think we're good. We can move on to um, women's basketball now. Obviously, we'll start with ISU. They've had a tough start. Uh, they're 1-5 up to this point. They are scoring 60.7 points per game, and they're allowing 65.7. So defense isn't terrible. It'd be better if they could score a little bit. Um, Wilson leads the team in points at 13.2, while Juju Redmond's next with 12. Uh, Wilson also leads in rebounding, while Redmond second with 3.8, and then Redmond leads with assists. Um, one of the ta- these takeaways, uh, in their last three games, they have two games that were lost by two points. And I think you were covering the UT Martin game. Uh, they made a couple free throws with like less than a second left or something like that. They fouled something. Yep. And then I was watching the Sacramento State game. I thought they had it. The way they came back, they were down by 13, and they just came on fire. The problem was, and I, you might have been paying attention on Twitter, but I made sure I put it in my article. Up until, I believe it was like three minutes left in the second quarter, or it might have even been in the third quarter, only two people had scored on ISU. I saw that. Yep. Wilson and Redmond had 26 of their 26 points at one point in the game, and that's the same thing as like I was talking about the men's team. you got to get more production off your bench. Uh, they lost when they lost to Purdue. They had 21 bench points. When they lost to UT Martin, they had 16. And then they lost to UC Irvine in the UCI Thanksgiving Classic, and they had two bench points. Yeah, that game was very rough. I, I covered that game as well. And I think they were up 12 at halftime. They were looking great. And then uh, I believe yeah, uh, UC Irvine uh, started full-court press, and that just threw them out of whack. They just they started turning over the ball over. I know uh, Juju Redmond, I think she had back-to-back turnovers, which just gave them even more momentum. And uh, I believe they lost that game by 12. It, it just I, – I think uh, Coach Gillespie uh, – noted before in uh, in post game or one of her post games it's just about consistency like putting together two good halves and i think uh with the games that i covered with ut martin or not ut martin uc irvine they had a good first half they just couldn't continue in the second and then with yours they had a bad first half but we're able to come back uh in the second half but they just they just couldn't put it together it's too late so uh, it's just you hope they can put two good halves together. Uh, I want to mention something that I that jumped out to me on this, uh, at the Sacramento State game. Mary Crompton and Maya Wong combined for two shots for the whole game. You, she has looked really good this year, and then there have been uh, Maya Wong. She's looked really good this year, but there are also times where. Then again, it is a learning curve a little bit because she is she's starting out full time starter, but. You, 
I, I wasn't able to watch all that game because I, I couldn't find it on TV. But uh, I don't know if she just wasn't being aggressive or if it just wasn't happening because I know you mentioned like Deanna Wilson and Juju, they were go- they were getting everything going. So maybe that might be why. But I, I mean, combining for two shots from Mary Crompton, a lights out shooter, because like I think Maya, she's averaging. Crompton and Wong are averaging eight. So, I mean, you're getting production there, and I just – two total shots from those two players is just – it's just not enough. So, unfortunately, I wasn't able to actually watch the game. I was looking at the stream, so I was paying attention. But I'm wondering if maybe Sacramento State was, like, really good on-ball defense on the pressure, and maybe they were able – that's why they were able to find these looks down low because a lot of their points were coming down low early in the game, especially Wilson. Because I, I think Wilson had their first 12 or something like that, and then Redmond finally came on. But – all, another player I'd like to point out is Jada Stinson. Um, she was a big part in that comeback. Um, she only had like eight points, but she also had six rebounds and five assists, and that was off the bench, or I believe so. So her production is going to be big for this team this year because they're going to need, and like you said, two shots from Wong and Crompton. It can't happen. You. That's why I like having her on the floor because she really attacks well, which can close in that defense, and then she can kick, can kick out to Crompton, she can kick out to Wong, or she can get an open shot so it definitely needs to change they need to be able to spread out that scoring a little more because like i said they had 63 points in that game i believe it would be 49 because i want to say it was 28 and 21 between 28 for uh, redmond and 21 for wilson at the end of that game so you just got to spread it out a little more uh so missouri state Yep, we can move on to Missouri State now. Uh, they are four and two up to this point in the season. They've scored sixty-two point two points per game, just a touch above uh, ISU, but they've only allowed fifty-five point two. Uh, their senior Jasmine Franklin leads the team with sixteen, while Brees Callup has eleven, and then Franklin also averages thirteen point eight rebounds per game. So she's averaging sixteen and almost fourteen a game, which is very solid. Like I said, Missouri State's four and two up to this point. Um, they're another team. They're four and two, but their bench production has still not been up there. I mean, in their four games I have here, 16, 14, 9, and two in those games, and I realize uh, they won. They went two and two over that stretch. So if they can get that little bench production, it might help them long stretch. One thing that kind of shocked me was I was looking at uh, their percentages to see how efficient they've been. They're shooting thirty five point nine percent from the field, and they're shooting twenty three point one percent from three, and they're four and two. Yeah, I was looking at this. They uh, they played Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. They lost forty four to forty in that game. They shot twenty one percent from the field, seventeen percent from free from three. But then they did shoot eighty six percent on free throws. So that's great and all. For, turned it over fourteen times. They got to be more efficient because I realize they're four and two up to this point. But there's going to be games where the defense can't do what their defense is doing. Fifty five points per game is great, but eventually their defense is going to break one of these games. I'm sure, and they're going to have to score more. And if you're only shooting like you said, 35% from 36% from the field, you're, you're not going to win as many games. I think like with men's, I'm not too worried about it yet, but I mean, I think within about a, probably a, uh, about a month or so, a little less than that, if, if it continues to be like this, then that's where I start getting concerned. Uh, they are first in rebounding with 42 a game. Yeah, with 42 a game. So to get in the rebounds, they're pulling those down. They're not uh, giving up uh, as many uh, second chance points uh, because of that. Uh, they're averaging almost two steals a game. They're at third in steals per game. So, yeah, right now you can definitely tell that the defense is kind of kind of holding it together. Uh, I, but I, I would expect this offense to start clicking and be more efficient. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's really all I have. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I thought there was something else I wanted to point out. I do want to point out they had a big win 
Uh, they're four and two. Right, their one of their losses came to LSU in their most recent game in the uh, San Juan shootout. But a game I want to point out is right before that they played Virginia Tech, which I looked it up to confirm this. 24th in the nation right now, and they beat them by eight. In that game, they shot 44% from the field, 9% better than their average. They shot 36% from three, which I believe you said they said 17 on the year. Yeah, they're, I think it's 23%. So 23, 30, so 13% better, more. Yeah. So they're 90% on free throws. They had 18 turnovers, which hurt them a little bit. I think that kept Virginia Tech in the game late, and then just in the nine bench points. But that was a big win, I think. That's why I, I think Missouri State is definitely the top dog in this conference. So I think they're definitely the team to look out for. Um, we can move on to Drake. Drake at this point, four and two. They've uh, scored sixty-eight points per game, and they're four and two, right? Yeah. But they've allowed seventy-nine point three points per game, which is crazy to me. Uh, Grace Bird was a player to look out for at the beginning of the year. She was, I believe, All MVC last year, so she's leading the team in points with twelve. She's second in rebounds. She's second in assists. So she's definitely their key player. Uh, Maggie Bear is another player to point out. She's a junior. She's second in the team in scoring, first in rebounds. Uh, they're a team where I think they're a little more spread out in scoring because if you're getting 68 points per game and your leader's only at 12, they're definitely a little more spread out. Um, like I said, they are 4-2. and two. Had a couple tough losses, um, but now they've won three in a row here. So they were 1-2 and two and they've lost three in a row. So I think... I think they're going to be a team to look out for. They're going to definitely push Missouri State, and uh, the problem is that defense has to be a little better. Yeah, uh, I'm going to mention efficiency like I always do. Uh, the first in field goal percentage at 46.3, and then the first in three-point percentage at 36. So they're clearly efficient, like the, the, the first. Um, the third and the sixth uh, was 16 per game, so getting the ball moving, like I mentioned, the scoring is up and down the sheet. I think it's kind of like the men's team. There's really no one that jumps out to you. They're just doing it up and down the score sheet. And that's how you win games. Yeah, you have to do it as a team. Um, again, uh, like you said, they're on a three-game win streak, so right now they're in a groove. Uh, I, I don't see a reason why it would change. Uh, but, yeah, I would expect them to, of course, stay in that top, what, three? Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would say so. So then, uh, quickly, we'll touch on one last team here. We're going to touch on Evansville. That was who I got mixed up with. So Evansville is scoring 77.4 points per game and allowing 60, just under 65. They're 4-1, and one, which I believe you said they were predicted to finish last in the yep. MVC. So now they're 4-1 and one up to this point. Um, they have a couple key players here. Um, Janiah Davis, I believe is how you pronounced yep. it. She leads the team with 24.5 points per game while Abby Fight has 21.6. So they have two players over 20 points per game while also having another two in double digits. So while they do have those two really key players, if you have four players in double digits, I that's going to be a hard team to beat. One thing about Abby Fight, or uh, I think it's Abby Fight, I'm not positive on that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you mentioned the 21 uh, points. She's also uh, grabbing uh, 10 rebounds per game. She's also averaging 1.8 blocks per game, and she's also getting two steals per game. She's really she's doing everything. Doing she, she's everything. filling up the stat sheet. Uh, another one of uh, the players, Mike Clark, is also averaging 1.8 uh, blocks per game. And then they also have Ellie Morgan, who's averaging two steals per game. So their, their defense right now has been great. Um, I don't know uh, if they're going to be able to sustain this, but right now they're looking good. They're fourth in assists. Uh, they're second in steals, like I noted with uh, uh, Abby and uh, Morgan averaging two per game. They're second in rebounding, first in block shots. 
the three field goal percentage. The three point percentage hasn't been great at thirty one point six, but right now I, I'd say they're in a good spot. We'll see if uh, if they're able to sustain it for the rest of the year, but it's definitely a good time. The one thing I think you should point out, they are up there in rebounding. However, their defensive rebound sometimes struggles. I think their defense in the paint might be pretty solid, but they are allowing 16 offensive rebounds a game, which... It's too many second chance points. Too many second chance... Well, that's also why I'm saying they're only allowing 65 points per game, so their paint defense has to be pretty solid. If they're getting that rebound, maybe they immediately get to it and they stop them right away. But 16 offensive rebounds a game is pretty crazy. I, I saw that right away. They're, getting, they're actually getting out-rebounded by their opponents by five. So they're getting a lot of rebounds. My guess is that because they're allowing all, all these offensive rebounds, then they get the stop, and then they get the defensive rebound. So if they can slow down those second-chance points, they might even be able to get or bring that defensive average down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think that's everything. Yeah, I think that's everything I had. So, uh, like I said, uh, Illinois State will be uh, kicking off conference play on Wednesday. They uh, play host in Missouri State. And uh, the women's team actually plays Wednesday morning. They will host Missouri Baptist. So uh, I hope to see you guys at those games. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, make sure to follow along on at the underscore vedette on Twitter and our Twitter, our sports account at vedette underscore sports and uh, roll birds. Thank you.